and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. Hey, I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. Yup. And today, we're doing like a continuation episode of something we did earlier in the fall. Yeah, we talked about it one week <laughs> and then kept saying we'd come back to it. So we finally are coming back to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the profile of a successful distance learner. Yes. I'm pretty excited to see this. This will be the very first time that I've actually seen this, Courtney, in person. So I'm very excited. Very excited. Okay, so this, the profile of a successful distance learner, this this one that we're talking about was put out by the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Um, And some of our listeners know that I am the executive director of that organization. So. Yeah, it's a little little uh, shameless plugging for MCLA, which is really awesome. Yeah, nothing um, wrong with that. <laughs> they're incredible. Like it's a membership organization, and the members blow me away. I constantly tell them they make my job easy, <laughs> and it is Absolutely. really nice to work for them. So here we go. So we put this together because so what happened here in Maine, which I think may have happened a lot of places all of a sudden at some point in the summer one of the larger districts in the state announced that they would be giving families choice about distance learning or in-person learning regardless of what the model would be and what kind of uh, color code designation um, a school or county was in okay and so that kind of started this wave where like now lots of, I'd say most districts are, have offered this kind of choice. Um, it's a completely respectful choice to make. It was really honoring that, you know, this is a scary time and depending on people's situations and also to reduce the amount of learners in school because capacity is an issue for um, living up to the health requirements that all of all public schools have to live up to. So it, it kind of solved a couple problems, right? right. Um, and a lot of people have taken it up. But one of the issues that teachers and schools and districts started having to kind of grapple with um, was that some learners are not flourishing, let's say. They're not thriving, right, in this environment. Right. Um, and it was often the sentiment that perhaps parents and caregivers weren't well informed enough about what it meant to be a distance learner and what distance learning would actually be like um, for them to make a well-informed decision, right? Or that perhaps there wasn't enough in some cases, in specific cases, you know, with learners that have more complicated needs that um, not even necessarily special ed, um, but that you know a a conversation never happened right it just kind of the decision was made and whether or not that was actually what was best for the learner was never really discussed so a lack of information for a yeah. lot of it as you mentioned at the beginning right it's like yeah. we had like a preview witness of of it in the spring but right it wasn't like full on this is the way we do school now for any of those right. individual kids. So right. if people are working on little information, it's it's tough to really know. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so it was just kind of a lack of information, a lack of really um, collaborative support in the decision making between schools and families and learners. Um, and then also kind of an added layer to all of this was was depending on the school, there might have been kind of like a rolling choice, like with maybe the commitment of at least a week, that's kind of the shortest amount of time I've heard. But that in some cases, parents could decide almost week by week, right? Like if they were going to be in person or distance. Mm -hmm. um, and then this feeling of not being able to say no or like lots of questions about that and just looking for some structures to really help the decision making process so that um, districts and schools didn't feel like they were in the position of having to disrupt a house of cards more okay. frequently than they would like to. Sure. Because in some cases, it's it could be one learner, right? You might be in a school here in Maine where it is five days a week full time, but that's only because enough learners are in the distance program. Mm -hmm. And it could be one learner coming back in that then makes that school have to go hybrid. Yep. Okay. And then alternatively, um, there might not be enough quote unquote space in the distance learning cohorts because of teachers. Mm -hmm. A lot of districts are still looking to have some kind of contact at the school that manages the distance learning. And while you might be able to make the argument that depending on what program or platform is being used for distance learning, that a teacher could handle more students and that can be correct but isn't always correct because in a lot of places it is the teachers who are creating the distance learning they're not necessarily signing on to like a prepackaged learning platform right okay so lots of complexities lots of complexities so just the curriculum leaders and uh teachers were really feeling like they needed a tool to, to help right okay. so uh we said well let's try putting this together and one of our initial discussions was, well, we're not going to reinvent the, re the wheel, right? And I said, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sure there, <laughs> there are examples of this kind of work out there already. And in fact, what we used as our primary resource to create our profile of successful distance learner is the Michigan Virtual Online Learner Readiness Rubric okay. and the Michigan Virtual Parent Guide. Um, these are both incredible documents. They're super in-depth. They're kind of complicated. The, the readiness rubric um, is an intense document. And we decided we needed something that just kind of synthesized all of that, right? Okay. And was more of a one-pager. So uh, right up the top, we have this statement. And we have copied and pasted this statement and said this statement every time we have talked about or used or shared this document. It says the intent of this tool is to support teachers and leaders in having discussions within the school about successful distance learning and with families or caregivers when making decisions about learner programming. This document should never be shared on its own without discussion and context. I can see why you would have to say that every single time. Yeah, because yeah, it, you know, stuff gets out there and if it's misused, it yep. becomes useless at that point. So I'm glad it's right on the top there. And what what that screams at to me is, uh, let's have a conversation about the things in this document. Yes. Just period. Right. Let's have a conversation. Period. So I right. like that a lot. Right. 
Well, because it's not exhaustive, right? It couldn't possibly be. Um, right. And every learner, you know, this is not one size fits all either. Not every learner is going to fit neatly into some of the we've created here. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it really, and some of these things, some of these statements need more discussion and unpacking. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really meant to be kind of the, the holder, the framework, the reference for the conversation. Okay. So let's so talk let's about, kind of, yeah, talk about some yeah, of the, uh, the the bigger pieces, because I see it's broken up into like three main sections there. Yeah, there are three main sections. So the first page of the document is about the skills and dispositions that the learner themselves need um, in order to be successful. And it is arranged in a progression from emerging to advanced. We did that intentionally because right. As an organization, we believe in learner-centered practices. And um, as soon as you put a grade level on something that takes away an element of learner-centeredness and recognizing readiness levels and um, the, you know, the continuum of possibility. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why we decided to do that. I've got, I didn't even notice about the grade level thing because I guess yeah. we've just talked about that there's no such thing in our right. well, yeah, regular you're little, podcast. You're primed, you're, you're primed to not yeah. be surprised. Interesting. <laughs> when you don't see grade levels, yeah. I would say, Matt. <laughs> uh, so in the dispositions, we have self-direction and motivation, independence, and persistence. Now, these three dispositions, we did not break down any further. Um, because again, we feel like that's conversation, like educators have a wealth of knowledge about these three things and what they look like, um, at different developmental levels as do parents. And so that's where the conversation takes place about where, where you think the learner might be. We also felt that the skills underneath are the things that kind of support those dispositions. So if we were going to break down skills into steps that um, we didn't necessarily have to do that for dispositions. Okay. So the next section are the skills, right? These are the things that can be discreetly named, taught and assessed. Okay. So we have time management, communication, tech competency, then reflection and response to feedback. I like it. Yeah, I like it already when there's a reflection part in there mm -hmm. and feedback, mm -hmm. because a lot of the time, a lot of the distance learning stuff is just going to be about feedback. Right. And in a yes. different manner, like we're doing right now over Zoom, then having a teacher and a learner is not the same when it's right in front of you, when it's a, a different type of feedback. Right. So that response is going to look differently as a, as a student also with all the other distractions of normal home as my cats eat in the background behind me here. So uh, there's just a lot more exactly. going on at home. So yeah, I, I like yeah. that it, they, that is important enough to be in this document. So yes. kudos to you guys. Right. And like I said earlier, right, this is not exhaustive. So yeah, there are a lot more skills that are important. Sure. But we felt that when we think specifically about what you were just saying, the distance learning experience and environment, these are really the skills that jump out as the ones that really need to be paid attention to. Mm -hmm. um, I like it. So then, so just for, for a quick example, the time management one, 
So it starts out, so emerging looks like can follow picture directions or live for live and independent work with assistance and can follow a schedule created or co-created with a teacher or adult, right? So it's like the learner's not the one making the schedule necessarily. Mm -hmm. like emerging is like you're given a schedule, you can follow it. Mm -hmm. And then if we look over at the other end, advanced, this is where it says creates a plan for required work time and adjusts the plan as needed to adapt timeframes to meet due dates and can create and follow a schedule and adjust the schedule as needed. So you can see, like if I then go up to the dispositions, like that's about the difference between being emerging and being advanced is the difference in independence and self-direction. Mm -hmm. It is, I think it is pretty clear that the rubric for this fits right along with with a a lot of the stuff that we've talked about for the last four five six years on this podcast mm. but it's really a good a good guide to see where i am and what's next in order for me to get better as a distance learner yes and as a teacher right the, the, the same yes. type of thing because i know where my kids are and what i can help them to be better at that is not the academic part right i like this a lot yeah and so um Put a pin in that because I want to come back to that exact conversation because what happened okay. after we created this was amazing. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We will definitely yeah, come back to that. I have to come back to that. So then if we go down to the next page, the second page um, is about the essential home supports mm -hmm. because this was also one of the areas where um, members uh, of the of MCLA felt that there were there was perhaps some misunderstanding or lack of clarity or just more support needed, right? Mm -hmm. And being very clear around what is what what the home environment needs to be like in order for a, a distance learner to be successful. Mm -hmm. So we've broken this down into uh, learning platform management because adults need to be able to um, support that, right? And that's going to change depending on if it's a kindergartner or a senior. But either no matter what, the adult or the caretaker needs to understand the learning platform and how to use it basically uh and so each of these has a little statement kind of about what the skill is kind of what the general um competency is and then some quick little bullets underneath uh so then there's independent learning support and this one i'll go into a little bit more in depth okay. um then learning environment management and then learning technology management Right, so independent learning support. We had a lot of discussions here that one of the biggest, let me just read it to you all. So it okay. says that the competency statement says, supporting adults are familiar with school policies around home learning and how to support learners' independence. The bullets underneath uh, means like knowing what the school district, uh, the school or district attendance expectations are. Uh, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. um, knowing what the general agreements and expectations around parent interaction and communication are. And then biggest, um, knowing how to allow for productive struggle. Interesting that that one made it in there. That was the first one on the list. <laughs> really? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. People very strongly felt that that needed to kind of be written in, in black and white. That nice. In, supporting independent learning means letting learners struggle. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I know that in the spring, some of the thinking back to what, 20 years ago when spring happened, 
that a lot of parents and guardians and stakeholders tried to help, right? They, they wanted to, yes. to help. And yeah. basically you do what parents do and you tend to take over sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, especially with like younger kids, yeah. especially I'd say with younger kids, yep. which is not really helpful, obviously. Yes. You know, no bad intentions. It's just like, that's what we do as parents, right? We want to help. Right. Uh, and sometimes we just need to watch them fail yeah. in order to help them. And yeah. which I think is becoming more apparent, what, 10 months in, nine months in, 18 mm -hmm. years in, whatever this feels like since March. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that that is like yeah. one of the more important things that they wanted to get in there. So that's yes. exciting. Yeah. So, and then at the very bottom, we have links to our references and resources where you mm -hmm. can go and look at that Michigan virtual online learner readiness rubric, the parent guide. Um, if you didn't know yet, uh, Fisher Frey, Hattie, and Wiseman have put out the distance learning playbook for parents. Um, and then Common Sense Education, an amazing site. They're Common Sense Media, if you've, if you've heard of them. Um, they have a whole tips and tricks for distance learning. Um, and then Khan Academy also has a distance learning guide for parents and caregivers that was really high quality that, you know, and so those are the places we kind of went uh, to refer to and thought were um, quality resources to point parents and caregivers to. Okay. So this yeah. document has been out for, uh, officially out for about a week now. Officially out for a week, yeah. So what happened? You said you wanted to come back to this part. Yeah, I wanted to come back to. So you said something about um, kind of being able to figure out where a learner is, right? And then yep. what they need next. And okay. so in addition to so very quickly um so our process was we had a work group and then we brought our draft to the larger members we have a member meeting every wednesday um so there's always plenty of people to put eyes on so we brought it to the member group came back for the final final run through to the, the group and then members had access to it for a good week before we put it out for public use okay um uh, just a perk of being a member of MCL. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so what happened very quickly, once just being like, this will help so much with conversations, it turned into this will so help so much with just conversations about teaching and learning in distance, period. Ooh. Right? So one one member started talking about how they want to use this like in a staff meeting or a professional learning time to ask teachers to kind of come with a struggling learner distance or not distance or hybrid right and then someone who's not doing as well as you had expected they would or someone a learner who's maybe frustrating you a little bit like newsflash sometimes teachers get frustrated with <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. You've heard that? Yeah. And um, <laughs> to then relook at that learner's situation using this as the lens. I, that's amazing. Yeah. Then some people were saying, well, we could even use this as a like, what, what, how is a reflection tool for your teaching? Wow. As, an, as, as either a distance teacher or an in-person teacher, because guess what? Everyone's gonna be going distance again. So now this can become a, a tool to help support how we plan our instruction between starting now and whenever the inevitable happens. 
right? Okay, are we paying attention to how we're helping learners learn time management, communication, tech competency, reflection and response to feedback? Some people started saying, well, what we could even almost turn this into like a little boot camp experience, right? For distance learners, almost like an online boot camp for so you want to be a distance learner? Well, let's go through these things, right? What about a community meeting or like a meeting for the parents who are interested in distance learning and introducing to this to them and talking through it and giving some examples of what some of the pieces that need to be unpacked are like productive struggle. So it's really kind of gone um, in a lot of places. And I really think it's because once you name a skill, you can teach a skill and you can assess a skill. Right. And that has so all been in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Last, last four weeks. That is amazing and exciting. Mm. And it's only two pages long. <laughs> That's the best part. And it can yeah. spark all of these different ways how schools and districts and teachers and administrators and parents can use this. Yeah. Great job, MCLA. Yeah, thank you. And yes, great job, MCLA. Absolutely. So many good people in Maine uh, that belong to MCLA. If you're not yeah. a member of MCLA, feel free to join by going to <laughs> maincla.org. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I may or may not have been a member in the past. May or may not have been a member. <laughs> I'll never tell. Uh, obviously not. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is great. We'll put this all over our social media. Yeah, perfect. Uh, in order to put this out. And uh, I know some schools uh, that could definitely be using this right now. So yeah, I will and remember spreading this. Don't just email it out to anybody. It needs to be introduced in the context of a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic job. Thank you. So we do, we, we do still like do school stuff in the fall, don't we? Even though we're closed for the most part, buildings are closed. We still buildings do stuff. Are closed. Oh, school. Yeah. Education school. never stops. Learning never Education, stops. Learning never stops. Exactly never right. Stop. Exactly right. Just like this podcast yeah. never stops. We keep no. going. Make it stop. We don't want to. We're not going to. We're never going to stop this podcast, I don't think. No, you uh, know what? I'm looking forward to uh, talking about the future of education and uh, mm. uh, what changes may or may not be coming our way in public education. That may be happening in the next couple of months as we transition to a new season. Yes. So uh, look out for that in the next uh, next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, I think we're done on that part. But uh, so. again, yeah. we'll put all these links out and please let us know uh, what you think of this document. Yeah. And uh, and and definitely if uh, if you want to know more about it, uh, please contact uh, Courtney at MCLA. Uh, just contact us and we'll put you in touch with um well that'd be courtney again Court, so. yeah we'll figure out how to get you <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we'll talk next week yep